Hello and welcome to episode 248 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson. Today we're delighted to have on world number 39, Ali Abu El Ainan, uh, one of the uh, young and up and coming players on tour, and he's another talent uh, from the U.S. college squash scene. Um, He's in his first year on the PSA Tour, and he's made some serious inroads with wins over the likes of uh, Nathan Lake, Yusuf Solomon, and most recently uh, in Hong Kong, he had a five-game thriller where he went down in the fifth uh, to world number 10, Victor Quinn, and uh, that was a fantastic um, uh, a result, and he's had a fantastic season. So we're going to talk about this season. The Tournament of Champions also is upcoming, and that's his next event. He'll be playing Yen Yao Ning uh, in round one, and that should be a real, uh, that should be a fantastic match. Two really hungry players. Uh, Yen Yao is a uh, uh, probably about 15 spots or more higher in the rankings, but uh, they're both on a similar trajectory. Um, anyways, Ali uh, and I will talk about his stellar uh, college career at Penn. Uh, Gilly Lane, who is his coach there, I'm sure he had a significant influence and impact on his uh, squash and his life, I'm sure. And his decision also, which was uh, kind of interesting to attend, high school in the U.S., which is not um, not the norm, I don't think, for most international uh, squash uh, scholarship athletes. Not many, uh, many, especially from Egypt. They tend to stay in Egypt and do their high school there and then head over to uh, stateside if they decide to take up a scholarship. But before we get uh, started uh, with uh, episode 248, let's take uh, just a few words uh, from our great sponsor, Open Squash, uh, the New York-based nonprofit dedicated to bringing thousands of new people into the sport by making it more accessible and more affordable for everyone. And one of the ways, of course, we talk about this uh, with each podcast, uh, one of the ways Open Squash fulfills this mission is through its Junior Scholarship Fund, and they try to support uh, the juniors as much as possible with financial aid. Open Squash's primary vision is growing the game, of course, and they've brought on several like-minded PSA pros like world number one, Ali Farag, who'll be back in action in Houston next week, Victor Crain. And also Gina Kennedy, who's going to be back uh, in action in 2023 as well. So for anyone in and around New York City interested in looking at their membership plans, or if you'd like to check out uh, their pre-sales plans for their Pearl Street and Brooklyn centers, check out details on that and many other things on the website, uh, opensquash.org. And now, without further ado, episode 248 with Ali Abu Elainen. Ali, how are you? Hi, Jerry. I'm good. How are you? Thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh, fantastic to have you. And uh, wow, happy birthday and uh, happy new year. That, that's got to be an amazing uh, day. I mean, it's an, the it's an exciting day. For you, right? <laughs> right? Always. Every year. Same time. <laughs> that's a, that's awesome. Uh, well, thanks for taking the time out. And uh, I know we, uh, it, this has almost been like a, like a year in the making uh it's been since i reached out to you we finally think both of us had things going on and then uh, we finally managed to do it but uh yeah how did you celebrate uh, first of all how did you celebrate your birthday um so i was in egypt in the last month and a half and i landed here on the 28th and i sort of set up a a, a brunch with my high school friends and my uh college friends in philly uh, yeah, we spent a couple of days in Philly um, to celebrate, sort of. That's awesome. Yeah, Phil, uh, Philly's uh, got, there's a lot going on, too. Uh, you've got the, uh, obviously, uh, you, you've been there for a while. You've got the, the Eagles uh, looking to uh, get to the NFL playoffs. I think they lost uh, this weekend, but uh, I don't think, I think it was a meaningless game. And then, then of course, the Flyers uh, playing as well. Did do you follow uh you're probably a football fan, right? But uh, European football. Sixers as well are Sixers as well are doing really Sixers, well. Sixers, yeah, yeah. Um, but I actually went to high school in Boston, so I'm sort of uh, a Boston sports fan. Okay. I like the Celtics and the Patriots a little more than the Eagles and the Sixers, I would say. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but it's 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 always good to see Philly sports doing well, um, especially because I you know I spent four years in Philly, so it's good to see it's good to see those teams doing well. It's good for the city. 
Yeah, the city, they love, I mean, they're, they're so passionate. I think, I mean, I'm, I'm Canadian, but I follow uh, the sports and the, as I right. know, Philadelphia sports fans are as passionate as they get about their teams. Yeah. It, it, you love to see it when they won the, when they won the Super Bowl, uh, was yeah. it in 2018? I want to say, yeah. uh, this city went absolutely crazy. Yeah. It was like, so it was so fun to see. <laughs> yeah, that was when, uh, uh, the sort of the unexpected, uh, Nick Foles led them to the, uh, to the title. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Well, Ali, uh, we could talk Philly sports all day, but we're here to talk about your, your squash. So, uh, just before we get into the the thick of things, I mean, you you've had a pretty good first half of the season. Um, you obviously you came onto my radar with with uh, the 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 squash that you played well during the college uh, the varsity scene. We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, the first half of the season, I guess this is really your first foray in, into the the PSA side of things. So um, how how do you feel about uh, the way things have played out? Uh, so far, I mean, all, you've had some good results. Um, you don't play in all the events. I was going to ask you about that, maybe injury or or something along those lines. But uh, anyways, first half has been really, really promising. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm certainly very pleased with how the first half of the season uh, panned out. It was it was a bit interesting because I graduated in May, and you know I was balancing my life between you know, moving all the way back to Egypt with my family and, you know, transitioning from a college life to, you know, a profession, being a professional squash player and at the same time traveling the world, playing tournaments and setting up my training. And I, I felt like there were so many things to do um, and sort of a lot of trans, new transitions and a lot of, it's, it was just like a completely new chapter in my life. Um, and I'm very happy with how I dealt with it. I'm very happy with how I just, you know, it didn't take me so much time to transition on tour. And I sort of like kept learning from one tournament to the other. And I kept improving throughout the first half of the season. So uh, yeah, it's been great. And I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to the second half now. Oh, definitely. I, I mean, uh, I, I think, uh, yeah, you've had some good wins uh, in the first half, obviously, uh, beating a guy like Yusuf Solomon. I know, I think he's beaten you as well, but he's as, you know, he's right up there. He's top 10. Uh, I don't think he is right now, but he, he is a top 10 type player. Uh, you've beaten Abdullah Al-Tamimi. Um, you've had some really good matches with uh, Victor Quinn as well. So I guess you're third, you're 39 in the world right now, but uh, just talk about the depth. I mean, from where even, you know, in the top 50 all the way through to, you know, number 10, which is Victor Quinn. You know, I mean, all of those guys, you're pretty much capable of uh, beating each other uh, on any given day, aren't you? Yeah, it's so exciting for the tour, right? Mm. I remember the first the first tournament of the season in Qatar. Um, there were so many upsets. And that was the very first tournament of the season. It just sort of set the tone for the rest of the year. Um, I, uh, it just shows you how strong and how good the depth is on tour and right now the top players when they play lower ranked players they don't take it lightly because you know anything could happen um and for me as a you know a young player stepping in on tour for the first year i got to take advantage of that i got to take advantage of the fact that you know not a lot of players know who i am not a lot of players have seen me play and mm -hmm. um you know i'm in i'm 23 right now or i just turned 23 and i you know I, I, I just want to get into it right away. Obviously, there's a lot of time coming to learn and experience and, and all that. But if I can get upsets early on and just, you know, get right into the swing of things, that would be better, you know? Yeah, you want to set the tone early and you've done that uh, in the first half of the season. So we'll take a look at that uh, a little bit later on, uh, Ali. But just a, I, I got a question because I, I teach, uh, this is sort of uh, not related to squash, but uh, Ali Abu, now I want to get the la your last name correct. Uh, is it Alainen? Uh, yeah, so when I when I moved to the U.S., so many people struggled to, to say Ali Abu Alainen, which is how I would say it in Arabic. Mm -hmm. So in the U.S., people say Alainen, and that's okay. how sort of the, the commentators on the PSA World <laughs> Tour say it. Yeah. Um, 
but what's the, the what's the the, the appropriate the, pronunciation? The appropriate way is Abulainian. Abulainian. Yeah. Okay. I have um, I teach at a university here uh, in the UAE and in the in the Emirate of Ras Al Khaimah, and I had a student, an Egyptian student. His name was Mac Mahmoud Abu Alainian. The same. You're saying. Okay. Yeah, so he's, he's Egyptian, uh, a bit older than you. Uh, I'm not sure if the you know that's a coincidence. The Abu and the, the is that is that is <laughs> you've that got a good uh, you've family? got a good pronunciation. It's actually not, it's not a very common name in uh, mm. in Egypt, but that's what a coincidence. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, yeah. He's a bright guy and uh, works for um, he's a HR manager for for a big company up over here. And uh, oh, cool. figure may, maybe maybe you're related, but uh, no, <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, all right, well, let's take a look at uh, you know before we get started. Uh, look at your backstory a little bit, if you don't mind, Ali. You played uh, as you mentioned uh, squash for Penn and under uh, Gilly Lane, who's been on the podcast. It was a great chat. I'd love to have him back on. Uh, but prior to that, uh, you took uh, and you mentioned it. Uh, but I, I think it's sort of, I, I don't know, I think it seems to be an unconventional route for, for an Egyptian talent in terms of, uh, you know, having attended, as you said, high school in Boston at Brooks uh, uh, Academy. So I think maybe the Sherbaggy brothers, they attended uh, high school in the UK outside of Egypt. And right. But uh, just give us a bit of a backstory on uh, what led you uh, to, uh, to Brooks Academy and playing squash. Yeah. I would also say it's a bit of an unconventional route because if you look at the Egyptians now that go to college in the United States, they, they sort of go, they, they play their junior career and then they go to college when they're done with their junior career. Mm. Um, for me, it was a bit different because, you know, in 2007, our family won the green card lottery. So, oh, wow. okay. so every year we would visit the United States and, and my family re really liked it here. And uh, I have an older brother. His name is Safe. He also was a, a very, very good uh, squash player and played at the highest level, won the U.S. Open two times, and, and he got recruited to uh, Brooks School. Mm -hmm. And it went amazing for him. He had three amazing years and then got recruited to play at Harvard University. Okay. So. For me, that was an eye-opening experience. Um, there's a there's a five-year difference between us. He's five years older, so for me to see how successful that experience was for him, uh, and I visited him every year, uh, and I really liked the school. Um, so, I, we, as a family, we thought it was a great opportunity for all of us to sort of move there, still get, you know, good squash, but more importantly like a good academic opportunity i would say yeah um, and at the time at the time egypt was going through two revolutions and mm. there was a little bit of instability so um we thought overall it, it was a great experience for me and my brother to sort of move to the united states but also still keep in touch with egypt obviously and and play squash at, at some sort of high level mm. uh and yeah my experience yeah. at brooks was great I would imagine. I mean, and, and also, I mean, right now there are so many uh, great coaches in in the in the U.S. So, and especially in and around that area in Connecticut, in Boston, and in, in New York, Philly. So, did you have ac uh, Did you have a, a lot of access to that, or did you basically just stay at Brooks and do your player squash there? So, I'm very lucky because the coach that was coaching me in Egypt actually also moved to Boston. Oh wow! Okay, um, and he joined TLG Karim Shohaib. Okay, so I was working with him in Egypt since I was seven, and then when I moved to Boston, he also moved to Boston in the very same year, and then he joined uh, TOG Squash Academy. Do you know anything about it? TOG, no, um, yeah, tell what, what the what's the what's the TOG stand for? Yeah. Uh, I think togetherness, but TOG is like an academy and uh, is a squash academy in Boston. And okay. I think it's one of the biggest, if not the biggest squash academy in Boston. Mm -hmm. uh, so fortunately, I had the chance to sort of play still with my coach throughout my three years there. Um, so we would we would wake up at like six in the morning before school. I would do a session with him 
and then go to school. And after school, I would train with the team, with the Brooks squash team. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously it's not the same as being in Egypt and playing, yeah. you know, those tournaments every week. Uh, but I felt I made the most out of the experience. Yeah, uh, I would imagine. I, I was speaking to Kareem Darwish a few weeks back, and uh, he was telling me that they had 900 juniors at, at the last junior tournament. Absolutely. Yeah. Amazing. I mean, <laughs> it's so good to hear, uh, and it's, uh, I think, really promising just in terms of what Egypt's doing with their squash, what they're capable of doing. It's kind of promising for the squash world to look at that because you know what we're going through in squash right now is a real – issue of growing the game right seems to have its handle on it but uh anyways you you took that route and and uh and and went to brooks how was the uh the squash uh at the high school level for you and i guess it was more just sort of uh acclimatizing uh, and preparing yourself for for university that that was the real uh benefit of it uh, as well obviously as well as uh you know doing your own training and, and focusing on your squash Right. So for me, I play, I played number one for the team. I would say the matches I played weren't as strong as, you know, the matches I would have played. And if I had stayed in Egypt, I would say, mm. but uh, every year I would play the U S open U uh, S junior open in the U S. So I always had that goal of, 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 you know, preparing for that tournament uh, that kept me motivated. Um. And yeah, I, I I really had my eyes on going to an Ivy League university. You know, my brother, uh, my brother went to Harvard, obviously, and he sort of, uh, you know, he got injured freshman year, but he really, really enjoyed his experience there. And I had my eyes on going to one of those top colleges and playing squash at the highest level, but also, you know, really taking care of my academics and, and getting the most out of that as well. Yeah, it seems like you get the most best of both worlds. I mean, your best bang for the buck there. I mean, you're 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 getting some really. I mean, you look at your varsity uh, career. I mean, you you were competing against, um, you know, Victor. You're competing against uh, Yusuf Ibrahim, um, Mar Marwan uh, Tarek. I think uh, so many other guys. Uh, Andrew Douglas. Uh, the list goes on. I mean, that's. I mean that that's those are the the top young players in the game right now. So. Uh, I mean, you had an incredibly uh, successful varsity career, Penn, and uh, a lot of highlights there. So, um, especially uh, the the win over Harvard—that was a three-one win. I think it was the first right. time Harvard had lost. Uh, so, talk about that day um, uh, and the team win when you guys beat Harvard. I guess it was in your last year with with the team at Penn, and how it felt to be—you were in the position to to clinch the victory. So, uh, I don't think there many people really get you know, get the idea about what it's like to compete uh, in U.S. varsity squash, especially in, on an occasion like the one you had the opportunity uh, to play. Yeah. So that was probably one of my proudest moments as a squash player. Yeah. Um, like, like you said, I don't know how much you know about college squash, but for us, that was a like a long time coming. We had, as a team, we went through so much preparing for that match or that season, I would say um, that was in the 2022 season and the, the season before we didn't actually compete because of COVID. Right. Yeah. Uh, so we had such a long time off from competing and, and as a team, we worked so hard to sort of prepare ourselves for that season, but also avoid getting any COVID cases because for us to have any cases would slow us down. And, and the amount of discipline we had was, was, amazing and how close we were as a team was incredible and just to set that goal of winning the ivy league and beating harvard and beating everybody obviously for us to win and and for us to actually do it at home uh with the crowd it was it was unbelievable it was it was, it was an amazing ending to that ivy league season who, who did you play in in the uh in the deciding match there I... uh Mar marwan Tarek. Right, right. So you guys have probably played several times uh, before that. How how did those matches go uh, previous so, and how, uh, compared to the result there? I want to say Marlon and I played uh, in the last four years probably more than 15 or 16 times. <laughs> okay. 
we've played so many times. Uh, he won more than I have. Like, it's not split even. I would say he won probably, like, 60 or 70% of the matches. Mm. Um, but that one was very special. He actually, right after I beat him in the, in the, in the Harvard match, he also beat me in the national championship final. He got, he got his revenge. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but having a rival like him during co- college was amazing. He's obviously one of the best, you know, players in my generation. He's won, he's won the world championship. He's won the British open. So, so having him as my rival throughout college was really beneficial to me. Yeah. And it just sounds like, uh, I mean, obviously there's benefit to playing, a you know, your junior squash in Egypt with all the talent there and, and getting to play, uh, tournaments like that every weekend, but, uh, the varsity squash scene, uh, arguably, I, I guess you could say, uh, especially if you're playing at number one or even maybe even number two equally as uh, competitive, would you, is that a stretch or would you agree with that? Yes, for sure. I mean, earlier you mentioned the top players that competed in college. When you have Victor Cruin, Yusuf Ibrahim, you have Ali Hussein, Veer, Andrew Douglas, all those names are are playing in one, or competing in one, like, platform. Mm-hmm. And, and just having those players around keeps you motivated. Like, I trained with Andrew Douglas every day. And then we would prepare for matches like, you know, Marwan, Marwan Tarek or Victor Cruel or like these players. And you also prepare for the individual tournament. So, uh, and and at the time, Victor and Yusuf were, all, were also playing on the professional circuit. Yeah. So for me to follow them and see how well they're doing while also staying in college just sort of tells us that we're also playing at that level, sort of. So, um it's great being around those players and it just shows how good the level and depth was in college, college class last season. Yeah. Cause I, I, I think it was in an, an, at an all time high, I would say. Absolutely. I mean, I, I mean, Yusuf's one of my, a guy I love watching play. I mean, you, you might agree uh, uh, just the shots that he, he can play and, and is, I mean, you, your guy moves really well. You're more of a, I, I think uh, more of a fundamentally very, very good. And he's a guy who goes for for a lot of shots and right the wrong time, but uh, but uh, just to see how successful he was and how successful Victor was, I mean that must have given you a lot of uh, sort sort of a confidence heading into uh, the start of the season, where you could basically just say, okay, you know they did that, I'm going to hit the ground running. Yeah, and I think it's also great for college ball. I think it's a brilliant platform. You sort of allow players to go to to balance top quality education, but also play squash at the highest level. You allow them to play for a team, which is something that not many squash players get the opportunity to do. Like playing for a team is absolutely brilliant. When you have 15 or 16 guys all working towards the same goal on a daily basis, um, I, I'm very fortunate to be part of that experience. Yeah, what did you learn from that? I mean, there must have been, I mean, uh, I think I spoke with, um, it was Mike Way, and he was just saying, he had to be able to speak uh, fifteen different languages, not not <laughs> you know not uh, literally, but uh, just just to be able to communicate and learn. And he said he learned so much from everybody on the team just because they brought so many different things to the table. Was that something uh, that that you learned as well? Just uh, competing in that environment, for sure, one hundred percent. And I think a big like. I would give a lot of credit to Gilly uh, for setting up such a successful environment at Penn. He he is very keen on the on the culture and organization of the team, and and he recruits players from all over the world. So we have that diversity. Um, and I lived with the squash team. There was like eight of us living in the same house, and we had like four different four different nationalities in that house. It was just amazing to 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 be a part of that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. Just wanted to talk to you about Gilly, uh, about Gilly as well. So he was your coach there for four years and he's a right. guy um, who squashed people close to the college game, especially know a lot about, they might've known him uh, when he was on tour uh, as well, but uh, he perhaps he's not as well known outside of those circles. So what, um, what, what was Gilly or what is he like uh, as a coach and uh, uh, how did he impact your game? Uh, during your time at Penn and perhaps even uh, today? I think he's a very, very good college 
college squash coach. Like he sets, he, he he's brilliant at making people buy into the program from the very beginning. Like, yeah. and I think a big part of it is because he himself played for Penn. Um, so he's been in our position. He knows that we're not just squash players, but we're also full-time students in, in not only that, but he also played, uh, squash professionally after college so for me that was very valuable to have someone who's actually been through the same or like he, he did exactly what i wanted to do so having him on a daily basis was beneficial to me but also to the team um and do you know Stuart crawford Stuart crawford was the yeah. assistant coach and he joined uh after my second year um and he's also been absolutely brilliant i think he's one of the best squash coaches i've ever worked with uh and having him alongside gilly was was amazing for all of us yeah that's uh that's brilliant yeah gilly uh, i could tell right away i mean i knew obviously watched him uh as a pro a little bit and then what he did uh, at penn was was really impressive and he did in in seemingly a very short period of time he really right. had a lot of success there so um now you you live in uh, you you sort of reside in Philly still, do you, uh, Ali? So this is my first year on tour, and I haven't really decided where exactly I want to settle. No. Uh, and I'm sort of trying to give myself as many options as possible, especially in the beginning. Uh, but after graduation, I went straight forward to uh, Alexandria, and that was my base for most of the season. Okay. Uh, but actually, my coach now lives in New Jersey, so I'm splitting my time between Egypt and the U.S. Okay. Um, and my brother lives in Philadelphia, which is an hour from New Jersey. Right. So whenever I'm in the U.S., I come here and stay with my brother, and and I use the National Center to play with the with the American team, but I also play with my teammates at Penn. So it's sort of like it makes so much sense to be around the Philly area. Yeah, you've got a lot. You 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 can cover a lot of ground there. I didn't realize Philly was that close to to New Jersey. It's only an hour. That's, that's... yeah. Pretty impressive. So, who who is your coach these days? Uh, is it you're the coach that you've been with? Uh, for uh, n- no, I still keep. I'm, I'm still in very. I actually still work with Tog as a as an assistant uh, touring player. Mm-hmm. So I go there a few times a year to play with their players and also you know work with the coach. Uh, but my ca- main coach right now, his name is Hisham Al Attar. Okay, um, and he lives in New Jersey. Um, and I also work with my, my fitness coach in Alexandria. His name is Walid Al-Musallemi and also another coach, Ahmed Hani, who helps me out when I'm in, when I'm in Egypt. Okay. Yeah. These, uh, I was talking uh, to someone the other day about that. And I mean, we hear a lot, obviously about guys like, uh, Rodney Martin and Rob right. Owen and, uh, you know, uh, Peter Jennifer and some great coaches, but there are so many talented squash players in, in Egypt, uh, and we don't, you know, we don't know all the names of, of these great coaches. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Hisham Al Attar is one of is is he's has I would say he's in the same caliber as Rodney Martin and Rob Owen. He's 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 coached Rami Ashur, Tarek Momin, Karim Gawad, um, and he's 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 one of those great coaches, and I'm really fortunate to be working with him right now. Yeah, what does he do? Like, what what is it about his coaching that um, that you find really sort of that makes him a successful coach and and that helps? He's you just a lot? very he's very knowledgeable about the game, mm-hmm. um, and I just love his approach of you know he's very detailed. I would say, and he really overanalyzes situations, and and he's he's taught me sort of how to think about the game. Um, it's sort of like chess or physical chess, sort of like creating certain openings. And, and he taught me sort of like how to win matches and not points. Right. Like sometimes you try to win the point, but the actual for you, maybe you'll win that point, but not the match. So sort of like having the right strategy throughout the match. Um, and sometimes you don't get the opportunity to work with people that sort of teach you about the game. And I'm very fortunate to have that. Yeah, that sounds that's really interesting. That that sounds uh, that sounds exciting. I I I try to do the same thing uh, with my own squash game, but uh, at a certain point, <laughs> at a certain age, uh, you just got to go for shots sometimes and hope uh, it ends up with a victory. But uh, 
Yeah, playing squash like chess. So, well, they did. Uh, did you see the the Netflix series, The Queen's Gambit? Have you seen that? I did. I did. Yeah, yeah. So there was that a little was connection. Really there, fun to it? watch. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I'm, 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 I'm not. I don't know how to play chess, but I try to play. I try to play squash. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe if you, you know, you, you start to learn how to play chess, that might even that might help uh, strategizing. Uh, you know, playing a. Uh, you know, two or three uh, play, playing a shot that sets up the shot like five or six shots later, right? Right. Yeah. yeah. I'll, I'll give it a shot. Yeah, me too. I, I'm not. I, I know how to play chess, but uh, terrible. I'm terrible at it. So uh, <laughs> you'd think it would help your squash game, but um, but just talking about uh, the season, as we mentioned, it's been a good one for you. You've had. Um, a couple of wins, I guess, like earlier on in the season in Germany uh, in August and uh, also in London in November. I think you played Nathan Lake in the final uh, right. there, uh, along with some good showings in Portugal and uh, Net Suite. So overall, um, with that win in in, uh, in Germany and in London, uh, how, uh, how satisfied were you with, with those victories or did you expect uh, uh, to do well in those events? So uh, the NetSuite Open ended on the 4th of October, mm. and I had beaten Tamimi and Solomon and then lost in the quarterfinals to Diego Elias. So yeah. for me, that was such a good tournament, and it gave me so much confidence. And I had a whole month after that tournament to prepare for the London Open. So not not a lot of times you get a month off between tournaments to prepare. And then, right. Most of the players were playing the U.S. Open after the NetSuite Open, and I didn't get in. So I sort of had a longer time to prepare. Um, so a month of training, along with the confidence from the NetSuite Open, gave me sort of a bit of a boost at the London Open. Um, and yeah, like you said, I, I I had played Nathan Lake in the final, who's actually beaten me two times before. Mm. Uh, so for me to 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 play him in a big stage in a final in London and, and to get through with the win was really, really a big one for me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's a, uh, I, I just spoke to him recently and uh, I'm a, I'm six foot two. He's a big guy. <laughs> I, I just feel to me anyways, and he, he underplayed it or downplayed my compliment, but uh, don't you feel like he, like he moves brilliantly for a guy that his bit that, that size. I always spoke very highly of Nathan Lake and, you know, he's beaten me twice before and it's not because he beat me, but it's more just because the way he plays. I think he's very underrated as a player. I think he, I think he's, he's got the quality of a top 20 player. I would say he's just very accurate with the ball moves very well. He's very knowledgeable about the game and, and he's very professional as well. I would say off court he's very professional, great to talk to. So, I'm, I I rate him very highly. Yeah, definitely. Uh, me as well. Um, now, you know, the win over Nathan, and you also uh, you you beat Nick Wall there uh, as well. And then you mentioned uh, a victory, uh, uh, the NetSuite uh, event, and having played uh, Diego there. Uh, and you know, the games were you know they he didn't blow you away. I don't think. But uh, so. After having uh, you know those types of results uh, in that week uh, at Netsuite, uh, what does that do for your confidence, uh, and how did that make you feel uh, heading into Hong Kong and those events? It definitely gave me a lot of confidence. I actually, from London, I flew to Hong Kong straight up, nice. so uh, I had to carry the trophy with me all the way to Hong Kong. So. Okay. It, it felt good. That was yeah. the first time I've ever done anything like that. So it, it it was very exciting to sort of hop from one tournament to the other, just like the other professionals. Um, and it definitely gave me so much confidence going into the Hong Kong Open. And, and um, I, ha I played, uh, I had a good couple of first rounds and then I played Victor Cruan the round of 16s. Mm. And we had, I want to say like a 80 minute match. Yeah. Um, and just for me to be able to play and compete with, you know, the world number 10 gave me so much confidence. 
Yeah, I was going to add, I mean, I got my my information mixed up when I when I uh, met uh, messaged you the other day about that match. I thought you'd uh, lost the fourth, but you won the fourth uh, against Victor in the round of 16 in Hong Kong. It was a 15-13. And then I, I saw Victor tweeted after the match that he felt sorry for you for some reason. And I wasn't sure what he was getting at maybe you know you you let you you were fatigued or i didn't see the end of it so did what did you pick up an injury in the fifth or did something so, what happened there yeah so after i won the fourth game yeah. i started cramping everywhere in my body oh no okay and in squash when you get it when, you, when you're cramping you can't take an injury break yeah and this had never happened to the me before one, I, right? huh Fake one. <laughs> I guess I guess so. But, yeah. but um and, and when you have a cramp, you can't really hide it. There's just absolutely nothing you can do. And I started getting it in both of my legs and then in my arms. Oh, so so I hopped in on court in the fifth. Somehow I won the first two points. I have no idea how I won those two first two points. And then I kept falling every other point on the ground. Oh. And it was just unfortunate to sort of you know, play like 75 minutes of top quality squash and going, you know, toe to toe throughout the match. And all of a sudden my, my body sort of failed me. Um, so I think that's what he was getting at. Was that, uh, do you think that was maybe the, the fact that you'd played a fair, I mean, you're just coming off having played in a, a tournament. You're there in Hong Kong playing a, a lot of squash. Was it the the sheer amount of squash that you had played that had maybe had caught up with you, or uh... I think it, it's just it's funny because with cramps, it, there are a lot of unanswered questions. Mm. Um, and you know, I spoke to my nutritionist, and from a nutrition standpoint, I did everything, you know, as I should have. Um, I've never been to that side of the world before. I've never been to the far East. So maybe the, the, the jet lag and the sleep or the humidity, I don't know what it was, but yeah, it was a bit unexplained. Um, but it's also just another experience to have in the bag, you know, like every tournament I go to, I'm learning something new. And, you know, what I've learned is that like with experience, there, there are things that you just can't teach. Like these, these things that happen to me, like I can't, replicate in training like you just have to go and do it and then move on yeah that's a really good uh, lesson for everybody right you i mean that that's a real practical uh, experience that you had there you know uh, yeah those cramps i mean I, I can remember you know playing competitively and i'd always okay every now and then i'd get calf cramps and there's right. nothing you can do but it's like jesus yeah, and it, it's never happened to me before, and it was a bit unfortunate because I, I had the momentum as well after winning the fourth and winning the first two points, and and after playing so well, you wanna you wanna get on top. But uh, were you, know, you fatigued just, at all? Because uh, there no, I was cramping, but you weren't fatigued, right? No, I mean I was fatigued, but nothing out of out of the norm. Yeah, um, but it was a great match to be part of, and and. Uh, I I love Victor's game. I love how professional he is, and and uh, uh, we had a really fair match, and and I look forward to more battles. Yeah, for sure. Now um, you opted uh, not to play uh, Houston next week, I guess, but uh, you'll be in action. No, I'm actually on the on the reserve list. I'm I'm oh, number one on the reserve list. Okay. Yeah, it's just with the with PSA tournaments. The tournaments close a while back, so. My ranking right now would get me in, but my ranking then didn't. But okay. I'm waiting for one person to pull out, and hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, I'll get in. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, we don't want to wish any uh, injuries upon anyone. So may maybe someone has something else they want to do, and uh, they'll pull out delayed a delayed flight or something. Maybe a delayed flight. <laughs> yeah, there've been lots of canceled flights lately, so uh, you never know. Yeah, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, the I guess. Sorry. It's a bit of a tricky situation because you, you just don't know. Uh, you have to be ready if they call you up, but if not, uh, if not, I get more time to prepare for the TOC. I guess so that's good. Yeah. So, so just just talk talk to that. I mean, that that's something that uh, I mean, as a player, when you're ranked just sort of outside of getting an automatic uh, spot in an event, uh, what's that like? I mean, what do you what do you just wait for a phone call? You 
you know, you got your travel agent on, uh, you know, speed dial or something. Or? I think the PSA sends you an email and you have to respond within 24 hours, uh, okay. whether you're not, you're gonna, you're gonna come because if not, they have to find the next person uh, in line. Um, so yeah, I keep checking my emails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, keep checking, man. It, it, it's next week, so that you you still have time. It's next week, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it's a full. I mean, all, everybody's playing in it. I looked at the draw right. today. Uh, uh, Ali's back. Uh, Mustafa there, number two. Every Mar- Marwan, Mohammed, uh, everybody's there. So be- I was talking to my coach, and I was thinking maybe I'll fly up, and yeah. if I don't get in, I'll just you know train with whoever loses, and then fly back to. New York for the TOC with everyone. I think uh, that might be a good plan. Yeah, that might be a really good plan. I mean, you're going to get so that, that get you some uh, some solid training in before uh, the TOC. What's the how long is the flight uh, to Houston? Yeah, that's a good question. Flight from probably a couple Houston. of hours, right? Yeah, I don't think it's too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah three three to four hours maybe. Okay. Yeah. Be de- yeah. Definitely worth it. Uh, you know, if you can um, find a good training partner there for, for a couple of days, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Now, uh, I just want to ask you this, uh, given the results you've had over, uh, you know, top 20 players like uh, Abdullah, uh, Yusuf uh, Solomon, and, and, you know, your match against Victor was so close and you played well against Diego, uh, you must have a vision uh, for reaching uh, the top 10. So, uh, you, th- you know, obviously you, you must think it's just a matter of time. And uh, do you have that uh, goal or what, what sort of goals do you have? Do you, do you set goals like that or do you just sort of, is it like just keep with the process, that type of thing? And eventually so when I, it'll happen. When I graduated from Penn, hmm. it was just, I tried setting like a, like one goal to follow for the, for the rest of the season, like, my goal was to first break into the top 100. When I broke into the top 100, I was like, now I'm playing challenge, the Challenger Tour. All I want is to just sort of play those, you know, the, the, the big the big tournaments, the, the ones that the top 48 players play. And when I got there, now I want to break into the top 20. And when I break into the top 20, hopefully I'm going to want to break into the top 10. So it's sort of just focusing on the next tournament. And focusing on the process and and the more you do that i feel like the more the results are going to come and i'm in a i'm in a situation right now where you know a lot there are a lot of good players uh sort of around the the, the area i'm at and everybody's obviously gunning for the, for the for the top 20 and the top 10 and all i got to do is just keep focusing on the process and learning from learning from tournaments and and the results are going to come yeah, it's so exciting. I mean, uh, you know, talking to a guy like you, I've had Dimitri uh, Steinman. He's been on. He's a guy whose trajectory is similar to yours. He's playing mm-hmm. really well. Uh, I've had your first-round opponent uh, just on in uh, Yao Ning. Right, yeah. World junior uh, champion, and he his trajectory is up there, and he just beat Paul Cole, uh, who was, you know, not at his best that day, but still a win over that guy is a win. But you, it is so exciting, and the margin, the margin of error in those matches is so low, and 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 you have to back it up every week, and there's so many different factors that come into play, and and it's just exciting to 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 prepare for those tournaments. Yeah, it's it's interesting because then then you've also got some of the older guys like like guys like uh, James Willstrip and Nikki Mueller. They're they're sort of you know not playing as much maybe, and their rankings are fall dropping but they're still right there too uh right because with, oh. with like with james willstrop and nicky muller like you hop on court you don't know what's coming at you, you know <laughs> james one day i love watching one... james play i mean uh he's just there's no one i don't know if you agree with me here no one is accurate as him uh, he's brilliant absolutely brilliant yeah have you have you yes. played him uh in an event Never played him. I was actually lined up to play him second round in the London Open, but uh, uh, he lost in the, in the in the first round, I think. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, absolute legend uh, of the game. But you got a, a lot of those guys that are sort of right in there too. So. Uh, right. Right. So for stuff. me, like, yeah, for me, like, I got three top twenty twin, top twenty wins, and and and. 
I had a tough match with Victor Kerwan. For me, I'm just trying to close the gap between me and the top players and, and sort of slowly work my way up. Yeah, it seems to it seems to me like you. Uh, I guess the fact that you know where your ranking is, you don't get an automatic uh, spot or where where it is now. It's it's better, but I guess last you know during the season you didn't get a spot in all these events. So I was just wondering because you were you were performing really well. You were beating a lot of these guys. You know, you're winning your first round matches, and uh, but why doesn't he play uh, in most of in in all the <laughs> events? And I guess yeah, that, that's right. 2023 is an exciting year because right now I'm in a position where I can play those big tournaments. And for the second half of the season, we have the TOC coming up, the British Open, the World Championships, and, and some tournaments in England, the Canary Wharf and yeah. Optasia. And there are a bunch of tournaments coming up, and it's exciting to to be a part of those. And I know I know growth in this game is not linear, and, and I'm not just going to keep climbing up, up the rank. It's just, it's just nothing's that easy, but it's just I'm excited for the learning experience. I'm excited to compete and and you know the stuff like what happened in Hong Kong happens, and I just got to keep learning. And and now that I've traveled a little bit and saw what the top players do and how they prepare for the matches, and and it's completely different to how things were in college. So it, hmm. it's taken me a little bit to sort of get used to things. What did what have you picked up the most? I mean, obviously that that's a big deal. Uh, I mean, you from going from college to the pro tour, obviously college number one priorities to keep your GPA where, you know, in a good right. spot, academics is the most important thing. Now squash is the most important thing. Maybe what, what are one or two things that you picked up now uh, that you're almost a full year on, on the tour uh, that you didn't realize uh, beforehand? Like one of the biggest things that, Maybe maybe doesn't answer the question directly, but for example, there are days where you practice with your opponent in the morning. Like against Victor in Hong Kong, there were some restrictions, and they made us practice together in the morning. And it's a little bit of a of a like the, some mind games going on. Like my goal was to get as early as possible in the morning. We had a 10 a.m. hit, so I wanted to get earlier than Victor. I sort of wanted to start the day with the win. And I go there, and Victor's already doing, like, you know, stretches and stuff. So it's just interesting, like, stuff like that that you don't account for when you're training. And, 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 and Well, that, that that's you know, to the, uh, the individual side of it, doesn't it? Because as a team, you do things you would think. With your teammates, team. yeah. Yeah, it's just little stuff like that. And, and – I've noticed that a lot of the, the top guys play more matches, more practice matches than what I'm used to in, in college. In college, we didn't play as many practice matches. And obviously, to be able to play at the top level, you have to play a lot of matches and practice to prepare. And there are new things that I'm picking up along the way that I didn't have available, I would say. Mm. Uh, but it's just exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Now you've got uh, Ian Yao uh, in the uh, in the first round. Uh, that's an ex that's maybe one of the one of the matches to watch in round one. Uh, former world junior champion and uh, yourself playing some some really good squash. So, what do you know about about his game and uh, how are you feeling uh, uh, heading into that one? I'm excited. I think Ian Yao is one of the very best players in the world right now. I think I think he's 22 in the world, but. I think he's he's higher than that. He's been getting a bit unlucky with the draws, I would say. Yeah. Um, so it's kind of hard to know what his actual level is at because I think he's a lot higher than he actually is right now. But it's exciting to uh, to, to go up against him. I've never played him before. I would say we kind of have similar styles of play. Mm. Um, but uh, it's exciting, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Now, what do you got planned uh, now that the birthday's over, New Year's is over, all the partying is over? Uh, I guess now clean living. <laughs> get, get, yeah, get gotta living. Get back on the squat. Get back to training. Yeah, I'm actually playing with uh, the good thing about Philly is that there are a lot of players around. I'm playing with Timmy Brownell today and Todd okay. Harity tomorrow, so there there are good options around. And uh, I think we're all preparing for the for the second half of the season, so it's exciting to be around those guys. Yeah, those guys. I think they're both. Uh, well, I'm not not sure about Timmy, but Ta uh, Harity's playing in Houston. I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, help him prepare a bit, and uh, <laughs> hopefully he gets through the first round. Uh, you never know. 
Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely. exciting. Yeah, for sure. Well, uh, Ali, really uh, enjoyed chatting with you, uh, uh, and I hope we can do it again soon. All the best with uh, with the rest of the season, and uh, yeah, take care, man. I'll- Thank you so much. Thanks for having me, and uh, yeah, Happy New Year. Well, many thanks to Ali for an absolutely tremendous chat, and uh, just a reminder that he'll be in action, first round action, at the Tournament of the Champions in a few weeks' time, first round against In Yao Ning, who was recently on the podcast and had a great chat with him. Two up-and-coming young talents, uh, Ali, just been on the tour for a year. Ian Yao has been on uh, for a few years now and has uh, really uh, hit his stride of late. So both guys playing some of their best squash in the first round of the TOC should be a match that you don't want to miss. Also looking forward to Houston coming up. Everyone's in there, as uh, Ali and I discussed. Hopefully Ali gets that spot, and and not at the expense of an injured player, obviously. But, uh, yeah, he's first on the reserve list, as he mentioned. So going to stay tuned for that event, event as well. And obviously with the TOC coming up, a lot of great squash. Uh, upcoming now we've been teasing uh, Jackson Bragman from the break uh, Bragman breakdown and uh, he's a young guy who's got uh, not only squash on his podcast but he loves his squash and uh, we're going to uh, talk to him and maybe break down both of those events uh, and the second half of the season with any luck in a couple of uh, days from now, uh, as long as we can put that together. And we're also preparing uh, for a Growing the Game panel episode, which I'm really excited about. Um, I'm hoping it'll come together over the next uh, few weeks. I'm just in discussion with a few of the invitees. I want to make sure that we have... Uh, a group that uh, that represents all the different uh, areas uh, so that we're not all just uh, preaching to uh, to the choir and uh, hopefully we can do that if if I'm going to do a panel discussion I want representatives from across the board and that's from hoping uh, to achieve over the next couple of weeks, then come with you, uh, come at you with an announcement of who the panelists are, and it should be a good one if it all comes together. So uh, wish me luck uh, with regard to that. And again, everybody, happy uh, 2023 to all of you. Many thanks for listening, and we'll be talking to you again very, very soon. Goodbye now.